Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Future Tech Podcast. This is Juliet Lamar, your host. And today I have with me, all the way from Iceland, the CEO at Alden Dynamic. His name is Hoff Thorsen. Welcome. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Of course, I'm glad of to course. Be here. <laughs> so I know that the company's still uh, under wraps a little bit, but can you give us a general sense of Alden Dynamics and what you do there? Yeah, sure. So Alden was founded in 2013. Um, so we got into the VR game really early. Oculus was just exiting its Kickstarter, and um, I had had an intense interest in VR for about two decades. I have been following progress in that area really closely for about 10 years. Uh, and uh, my co-founder, Gunnar Valkersen, was uh, had a good background in interactive characters and gaming, um, and I myself in um, simulations and computer systems that use advanced interfaces. So we were really well suited to jump right into this space and to start designing for this medium in particular. We saw this as a huge opportunity to innovate, to really introduce things that hadn't been possible with monitors before. And we um, initially published this small tech demo called Trial of the Rift Drifter. And in that, you were, you were sort of, the person just stepped into this world where there were these characters towering over you and interviewing you, asking you questions about where you came from and what you're doing. 
and you could respond by nodding and shaking your head. So really simple for anyone to use and really anybody could step into there and just, they, all they had to do was be their self. And we did things like when you started looking into the environment and if the characters were interrogating you and saw that, they would get angry and hit the table. So all of these things that haven't really been possible with a monitor where you actually are physically inside a world and characters can respond to you and the world can be as interactive as reality. That's what we find so fascinating about VR in general. And uh, so we, we sort of put out, out there a new form of VR where you just have to be yourself and you can play this role as a character in another world. Sort of feels like being inside a movie or, or basically being in reality. So uh, to make a long story short, we, uh, from there, we did a paid product called Asunder, uh, which played with similar mechanics. And uh, an Oculus co-founder reached out, and uh, Nate Mitchell, and invited us to work more closely with him, feature, featured our products. And from there, we went into a partnership with Oculus Studios and um, gave out a mobile game for Gear VR. And our latest content product is Waltz of the Wizard, which uh, was for quite a while the highest rated VR experience on Steam, and is up there still in the top five, I think. Um, and there we finally got a chance to build a fully interactive environment where you can touch things and pick them up and um, interact with characters and do all of the things that you could do in real life. And we did that for the Vive a couple of years ago. So it was the first time that we really felt that we could do all the things that we wanted with virtual reality content design. So that's like the content side, but there's a little segue there because in doing all of these complex realities, we also developed in-house tools to help ourselves design uh, virtual worlds that are as complicated and as intuitive as reality. So we've, been, we've had these two lines for the past few years where we're developing these content tools to help create virtual reality. And on the other hand, deploying these demos or um, these experiences that really showcase the full potential of VR or we like our vision, our version of what the full potential of VR is. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's um, the overview. <laughs> that's a rather large nutshell. So. You know, you just you ended with the potentials of VR, and I think a lot of times when people think about VR, they think of you know simulation training potentially, and they think of video games. What are some of the the new avenues that you see VR being very instrumental in in the future? Well, I I like you said um, the potential for entertainment is massive, and it'll it's only mm -hmm. going to get better from here. We're we're at ground one when it comes to content that's for entertainment. Uh, training is a really powerful application and um, our memory retention increases or is enhanced when we actually experience things. So it has the potential to let us re learn and retain knowledge better by training in VR. Uh, but other, other applications, this varies so broadly. Uh, VR is so interesting because it can affect so many things. It has applications in so many areas. Uh, for example, in social and communication, once we have proper facial scanning technologies, we'll be able to feel like we're in the same room when we meet. We 
we could be having this meeting in 10 or 20 years where we feel like we look like reality and everything looks like reality, but we're actually worlds apart. That's, that's a fascinating concept because it gives you a sort of intimacy to be in VR. You feel that person there and you can potentially collaborate better, be writing on a virtual whiteboard or, or whatever it may be about communication. Um, that's really interesting as well. So there are other applications like military applications, being able to drive a tank that's fully armored, but still be able to look around outside the tank using cameras and a VR headset. Things like that that are, that are just, we're at the beginning phases to explore in all of these areas. And it's gonna have a really broad impact and it's not gonna take a really quick time for all of it to happen, but it's going to happen gradually. And it's going to be a sort of a sneaky um, rise eventually. Well, this technology is really complex, and I can imagine very difficult to to code different kinds of, of VR worlds to make them so immersive and real, and then to have the AI where, you know, when you're interacting, that these things pick up on your facial expressions, pick up on you nodding your head and your moves. You know, the technology that goes behind this, people are, are super talented, but it, it is going to take a while just to solve these problems that we've never had before. Absolutely. It's, it's a really challenging thing to develop for VR. You're absolutely right. And especially if you're trying to do things like emulate how the real world works with characters and with the environment. And that's just, that's a whole new field that we're just starting to explore. Uh, so it's going to take some time to really get quality content and really powerful experience. So what are some of the, the major challenges that you are that you're seeing today in VR and how how are people trying to combat those? So challenges for creators or, or Well just kind of across the board for you know, creators are gonna have different challenges than maybe people who are interacting with it, you know, or making it look real, getting it out there, being widely accepted even. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, well, the industry is currently at a point where we, we have the first generation of devices and they are somewhat cumbersome to use and um, you have usability issues like um, things breaking down or something not working or something having to be updated. So it's a sort of a painful process for consumers to actually use it regularly. So that's one like an in industry problem that's currently being tackled by a lot of the hardware um, upgrades that are coming out within the next couple of years. Uh, but on the content yeah. side, it's a pro uh, uh, that's sort of the problem as well because the market is small in the meantime. So, yeah, so content creators have to battle their, well, balance their budget to make a small product rather than these extensive worlds. Um, so they need to create fleshed out products that are suitable for a market this size and sort of wait it out as the consumer market gradually picks up. And so these two hold hand in hand. Uh, on one hand, content creators have to deploy something that's worth using and, and is that powerful experience that VR can offer. But on the other hand, it's difficult for them to justify creating extensive worlds because the market is of a certain size that's typically too small. So it's, it's a, a chicken and egg, egg problem that, that's being tackled where it's a candy that's burning on both ends. Um, and I'm, um, I'm seeing a lot of progress being made on both ends. Uh, absolutely. And in my, my very limited 
experience with VR? Well, I think that people believe that, that VR, you know, when they think of VR, they think of video games, they think of, of training and whatnot. But we, we encounter VR uh, in a lot of ways in our everyday lives. We just maybe don't classify it as VR. Could you elaborate um, but my, on, on that? Uh, well, anyway, but my, like with your, um, I see the big push going for VR. So we were up in Chicago recently, and I was walking by the AT&T store, and in the window they had a bunch of Westworld items. And I came in because of that, but in AT&T they had this huge push for VR. They had the goggles that you can put on, and you put your phone in it, and you can play you know, a Star Wars video game. And then they had all these little smaller applications for it, but none of them worked. There were probably 10 on the table, and all of them had something wrong with the hardware, <laughs> which was quite yeah. quite underwhelming. And But then I was able to go over to, they had this big square box kind of thing set up with a table coming down to the middle with a headset, right, where you were attached yeah. to all four walls so you couldn't move, and a little headset that you put on, and it was a very a very rudimentary kind of one-player shooter game where the little alien shooters are coming at you and you have a gun and you're trying to shoot back, right? And you can maneuver out of the way of the, the arrows. And my first experience with it, you know, it broke down a couple times. They finally got to work. Um, but, you know, you're in this world and when you're standing stationary and you're looking around, you're like, wow, this is really cool, really amazing. And then as soon as you tried to move, the headset would come off or, <laughs> or you know, you were restricted uh, yeah. and you couldn't walk left or right. And it's just such yeah. a, it's it's like so cool, but then there's there's these limitations that are that are really unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but thankfully, uh, for example, just a couple of years ago, the standard for VR was only being able to face in a certain direction um, and not being able to move except forwards and to the sides. You couldn't. Um, it was difficult to turn around because the tracking would drop off, what they call forward-facing VR. So just I'm naming that as an example of how much the medium has matured just over a couple of years. We're now seeing that the PC headsets and even standalone devices, mobile devices, are coming out where you can actually take steps and walk around. And now we're, we have in development, Oculus and others have headsets in development that are fully standalone, but lets you track your hands as well. And that's something that's only been available available on the PC side for a couple of years. So we're about to get mobile headsets that are fully contained in one unit with hand tracking and the PC features completely wireless. So you see there's, there's a lot happening that's tackling these problems from many sides. Um, and, and I'm personally really looking forward to seeing more, for example, Oculus's um, Santa Cruz headset, uh, which is a mobile standalone with hand tracking. Wow, that would be that would be very immersive because once you can see your your body in a world, it becomes that much more real. All of a sudden, all of you is there, not just your mind. Yeah, exactly. When you have hands, when you can do things, that's what's so fun about VR. I mean, think about it like this: in reality, reality wouldn't be really fun if you didn't have hands. Or at yeah. least I can imagine that. It's, it, it will be a, a worse experience than having hats, at least. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's sort of what, mo what VR on mobile has been, for example. It's, it's you, so, sort of a head on a stick. Uh, <laughs> and that's just, exactly. that's just not what the... Yeah. So VR is about replicating reality and allowing us to do the things that we do in reality, except in a virtual world. 
So having things like hands or tracking your eyes so that characters know where you're looking or all of these things that add more of you into the virtual world, uh, those are really the powerful um, technologies that are being built into headsets as we speak but haven't quite made their full arrival yet. So how far out do you think we are from a world like it, like the one displayed in Ready Player One? <laughs> <laughs> a few decades. A few decades. That's Probably. still pretty pretty soon. In my mind, I'm thinking that is such a fantasy world, but if it is only a few decades away, that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Assuming there aren't computational issues that we run into on the way and assuming that there's a steady progression, um, an exponential progression, something that's certainly within the realm of possibility to have something. I wouldn't necessarily uh, compare it to Ready Player One, and we don't know what it's <laughs> going to look like, really. But uh, theoretically, that's what we're, where we're heading, and we're seeing advances in AI for characters and uh, gesture recognition and body scanning technologies and haptic suits. The things that you see in Ready Player One exist on some some level today, but they are really primitive level. <laughs> so that's what and, all of the, uh, in the industry are working towards. And speaking to to AI in general, that is is another really exciting technology that goes hand in hand with VR in a way, but also has its its own universe and issues to tackle. Do you have an experience with AI as well? Um, yeah, so in university I was um, in computer science and worked at the Center for Analysis and Design of Intelligent Agents, which is an AI lab. So um, I have some insights into the different types of AI technologies and um, we've been doing experiments ourselves with characters. Um, so I have some experience and insight there. Yeah. I think a lot of times when the general population thinks of AI, we think of things like Terminator, and we think of or smart machines that are taking over jobs and whatnot. But in reality, there's a lot of positive things that go with AI. Um, are you excited about any of those positive things that are coming up in the world through the uh, technology of AI? Absolutely. Uh, so it's an understandable um sort of opinion, general opinion of AI that it's dangerous. Personally, I'm not afraid of killer robots um, or a <laughs> robot uprising, so to speak, because I think, yeah, well, I, I'm not worried about that, but I am, I am worried about a few things about how AI will be applied by humans, how AI can be used in warfare or in privacy invasions. Or, so a lot of things that AI is currently seeing is, is can be dangerous in many ways. But I tend to look at the positive outcomes. And we're, we're seeing AI used for prosthetics to help people, um, amputees, control arms. Uh, we're seeing AI applied to solve problems in the drug industry, figuring out better ways to design drugs. We're, we're seeing it in the entertainment sector and games being um, advancing characters, for example, to higher levels. So there's so much... So there are so many beneficial things that can come out of AI. Drones, they can fly in hazardous areas and bring supplies to people that are dying. Um, so, so that's what I like to concentrate on. I like to think that humanity has a lot of problems and we need to build the tools to help us solve them. 
And I think that's the important thing uh, when it comes to AI. But on the other hand, I think we should be careful um, in these technologies not being abused. Exactly, because with all good intentions come some negative consequences. Yeah, unfortunately. And with AI, uh, are we are we right in thinking that, that VR and AI are hand-in-hand hand in the future? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've thought that right from uh, where, well, for decades, that VR can be the greatest influencer on or, or AI and vice versa since, um, since te the technology industry started. It's, uh, there are so many things that are in the AI that both VR and AR requires, like computer vision, like scanning, like uh, na navigation, uh, so, so many things that are sort of the underpinnings of both VR and AR. So absolutely, I, that's absolutely correct in my opinion. So I know that the, the website's under construction uh, for Alden Dynamics, but is there a way for our listeners to find out more about Alden Dynamics and about you know what's coming up in the future and when can they expect to see the website launching? Well, um, I, I would ask people to just keep an eye out on our social media, uh, twitter.com slash Alden Dynamics, and we'll be launching a new web website soon. Um, in the next few months. So it all goes well. Fantastic. Well, the, the, the future is quite bright and, and very exciting. And like you mentioned, it, we need to stay focused on the positive while keeping in mind the negatives that we need to watch out for. But all in all, a very positive, bright future is coming our way. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, I think we should work together to ensure that. <laughs> well, Mr. Thorson, thank you so much for joining us here today and sharing your immense knowledge about VR and AR with our listeners. Yeah, thank you for having me again, and uh, it was a pleasure. That was Mr. Saracen. He is the CEO at Alden Dynamics. Keep a look out for them on social media. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. 
To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.